From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy showing for August 20th, 2018, the first week of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the first week of uh, the bid to win $10 million, starting with the Northern Trust at Richwood Country Club in Paramus. Um, going to be an interesting next five weeks. Um, Tiger is going to play three in a row. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know if his body can do it. I don't know how he'll play in these, how many stiff mornings, how many bad beds he'll have. Um, honestly, it's a mystery. Do not know what we're going to see. It's going to be very fascinating. It's also week three of the NFL preseason, the dress rehearsal, although I don't think people care as much about the preseason I, 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 I think people are scared more of the preseason dress rehearsal now than they were 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and to talk about the preseason dress rehearsal and to talk about other football and football-related things, we welcome back Mr. Danny Flecker. Hello, sir. How's it going? Um, I'm fine, by the way. I, 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 I don't want to non-answer you there. That was a sign of the Francesca Chris Russo uh, breakup problems happening, and I don't want us to get like Francesa and Chris Russo. I, I don't. I don't want to break up with you, Danny. I love you too much. Um, I don't see that happening anytime soon. No. Okay. Um, were you impressed with our uh, Ronaldo's regular season debut with uh, uh, Ventus? Have I pronounced it correctly? Juventus, I apologize to all Italian uh, football fans. I think for someone who uh, hasn't played since the World Cup, really, and uh, just being integrated into a new team, a new system, a new league, I think he did about as good as he could do. He had uh, seven shots, I think, on goal, uh, produced some nice saves from the goalie, and Juventus won at the end of the day, even though it was a nail-biter for them. I think as the season goes along, he's going to get more comfortable and, you know, there was an article out today, you know, the coach stated, you know, he's only been playing with us for about 10 days. So it's going to take some time for him to get in there. He's just so brilliant as a player himself that he'll produce magic whether or not the system fits him. It's just going to take some time, and, and you know, it takes time for the, the players that are there on the team that have been there for the last couple of years playing together and integrating somebody who is so unique that... No matter who was in there before him, they'll never match his skill set. So it's going to take some time. I think that they are one of the better teams in Europe from top to bottom as far as their roster is concerned. And you know, for a team like that, it get results when you play domestically and uh, move forward in, in the, the Champions League. So that's one of the main reasons why they brought him in. And Champions League starts in the middle of September for them. So... Once they get integrated into that and, and the season pushes along, I'm sure you will see them where we want, where I expect to see them, which is at the top of the table and progressing through the Champions League. But it's going to take them some time, and I expect around like Halloween or so that they'll be a full force and probably leading the league in goal scores. All right, so explain this to me, because now you've confused me. I thought you once told me that if you make the Champions League, which, which is obviously based on the previous year's uh, records in in the respective leagues, you cannot use newly acquisitioned players 
in the Champions League. So only during the January transfer window. So oh. If Ronaldo was brought in in January and he had previously played in the Champions League match with his prior team, he would not be allowed to uh, play for his new team. Gotcha. But since it was over the summer, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Serie A, is that the correct pronunciation of that league, Serie A? Correct, it is. Okay. Uh, signed, uh, a, uh, first of all, they had no TV deal, uh, which was worrying super diehards, and then the Ronaldo thing happens, and that gets people super intrigued, and ESPN wins those rights. They'll have a game of the week on ESPN or ESPN2 with the the with uh, uh, basically everything appearing on the new ESPN subscription streaming service ESPN Plus. And it's creating an interesting scenario for soccer fans who, and Kevin Draper did a great job writing this up in the uh, New York Times, where if you want all the soccer you want, uh, uh, European soccer, you have to A, have a cable subscription or satellite or telco, B, Subscribe to things like NBC Sports Gold, so uh, Gold, so you can get every Premier League match, not just the matches on TV. ESPN Plus now for Serie A. Um, uh, uh, Bleacher Report Live to make sure you get every UEFA Europa uh, UEFA uh, Europa League. I believe is the other one they have besides the Champions League. All this stuff confuses me. Uh, but the bottom line of what I'm trying to say here is. If you're a soccer fan, it gets mighty expensive very fast. You are a diehard, 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 diehard soccer fan. Are you willing to put up the money that these that these U.S.-based networks are are requiring fans to purchase to see all this, or is this just going to send people to illegal means to find illegal streams? I mean, for me personally, I think what NBC does with the Premier League and what Fox does with the Bundesliga and then the matches that will be on TBS or whatever it is for the Champions League is enough for me to get my fix. Uh, I think, you know, for me to sit there and spend money on all that stuff and have to watch, like, every single game, I don't have the time for that. I, <laughs> I think people do, but I, I personally don't. And, Usually the matches of the week will include the big teams from each league, and that's what they'll put on TV because that's what's going to get viewers. And uh, I'm very comfortable myself just the comprehensive highlights shows that they do and everything else like that. You really get a snippet of what it is that you need to see. And soccer is one of those games where basically in 90 minutes you're getting maybe five really exciting minutes of action some games. So it's not necessarily worth it all the time to sit there and watch 90 minutes of soccer. Sometimes you just need to see the highlights. So, um, you know, for me, that that's enough, and I know that I'll be able to watch, you know, Juventus enough times this season that I'll be be happy that I got to watch them. And uh, if other people need to consume all that content, then that's, that's on them. But I think that, at least here in America, where you have college football, football, soccer, baseball playoffs, basketball season starting up, NHL, all kind of like around the same time of the calendar. Um, as a sports fan, where you like to kind of diversify yourself, I think that's a lot of content just to be spending time on, on one sport. So, for me personally, no. But, I mean, it's great that there's an outlet now, where it's like, you know, a couple of years ago, we didn't have any sort of outlet to watch any European soccer. Uh, 
Uh, do you care that the MTV Video Music Awards are tonight? I didn't even know they were on, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, are you excited that um, that uh, Nicki Minaj has, an, ha, has a new album out? Didn't even know she had one out. Are, <laughs> um, can you name every Kardashian? I cannot, no. Um, can you name every member of the current 90-man Giants roster? Definitely not. Um, can you name all of, oh God, uh, I just, you just told me how to pronounce the damn name, and I, and then I can't, um, say it right, Ventus, no, Ventus, Juventus, it's the J silent, so it's Juventus, Juventus, can you name the entire Juventus roster? Probably, if I had to, but I don't think we want to waste people's time with that. Okay. I'm just, hey, hey, we're just spitballing here, and I'm just, you know, just just gauging your interest on various things that can come across the wires, um, and, and, um, you know, just, people like random questions to rant from random people that they don't know in their lives, so I ask random questions of you. Nothing wrong with that. Are you? Would you be interested in in a podcast about the history of the of the napkin? I would not be. No. No. Okay. All right. Enough of the random questions. Uh, what did you see out of of uh, uh, NFL preseason week two that piqued your interest? Uh, I'll start with you. You know, uh, what do you thought, think of the Jets? I think that their best player so far this season has been Teddy Bridgewater. And he's on the trading block. So, how do you feel about Sam Darnold and their quarterback situation? Um, I I have to be perfectly honest. I have not watched a ton of the preseason of, of Jets football. So let's let's put that one out there. Um, however, from what I've seen, he and from what I've read and from what other people have said, he has shown a maturity that you do not see out of a lot of rookie quarterbacks straight out of the gate. Now. You always remind me of this. This is this is bland offense against bland defense. This is no NASCAR blitzes and all of that fancy stuff that we'll see come week one. But I do think I I, I have personally been in the camp of Josh McCown starts week one and you gauge what kind of team you have. This is a, a Jet team and and I for example had forgotten that they had Jermaine Curse. This is a Jet team that on paper has enough, has a great secondary, has a decent pass rush, there's questions in the interior line and in the linebackers, but has enough playmakers on offense and has a good enough defense that it can be a borderline playoff team if, if the right guy is at the helm and if they stay healthy. I have always believed that that is Josh McCown. But if Sam Darnold is good enough, good enough, to um, uh, potentially be the week one starter, or if they are comfortable with Josh McCown being the week one starter, I am fine with trading Teddy Bridgewater. I, 
I was never a. F- I, I never expected them to, to trade up and get a quarterback of Sam Donald's caliber. Um, now somebody will go through go through the radio archives and probably get me on that one. Um, my point is, I, I I was happy with McCown and Bridgewater, two veterans, and then you draft some rookie dude or you try to get Hack and Petty to, you know, uh, grow up, um, and. It became clear, obviously, after you trade for number three, that that that, that you're going to go in the rookie quarterback selection, which could make McCown and or Teddy Bridgewater expendable. Bridgewater's look great. If they can get a quality piece for him, a a, a player that could help this year, I am in favor of it. If it would just be a pick, I am not in favor of it. That's the age-old question you got when you make these. these mid-season picks or pre-season picks is, I mean, trades, are you going to get something that can help you out right away? And it always seems like teams value draft picks more than they do actual assets, like physical, tangible assets. So, I mean, if I'm the Jets, uh, I watched a little bit of the game on Thursday. I am still dumbfounded about their usage of Bilal Powell. I think he's one of the most exciting players on that roster, and he doesn't have like the opportunity that he should have, I think, as a starting running back for that team. I think they're going to be very predictable with their running back situation and give, you know, first and second downs to Crowell and then bring in Powell on passing downs, which, again, is, is a sin if you have a guy that's as explosive as Powell. But my, my concern with the Jets just from watching them is their offensive line seems to be kind of a mess. And I, I think that automatically seeing that would not – have me start Darnold this, you know, week one. I would start with the veteran, let Darnold see, you know, a couple of teams and how they possibly set up defensively against certain formations and then roll them out there if the season is, is lost or if the season is hanging on the thread. There's some excitement and, and a jolt for the team, but uh, I still think their personnel doesn't necessarily match up quite to what they need from Darnold to be successful. In year one. What's interesting is uh, that there was a time in the second quarter where they shuffled the whole offensive line and, and I and Eagle rattled off these names and because of injuries they had people just shifting instead of you know rotating in. It, it's the, the, the Jet offensive line is young, banged up, unproven um, and, and kind of still trying to find their way which, as you said, is very dangerous um, when when it gets to this time of year and when you're considering putting in a uh, rookie quarterback. Um, my, my thing about your uh, Bilal Powell comment is, remember Curtis Martin and how good Curtis Martin was on screens? And how good He's Curtis... one of the best backs that I've seen play in a long time. Yes, that's Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell has the ability to just be the either, you know, you're in the shotgun with him and he just runs out and runs that screen pass. The Jets have run these swing passes to the sidelines that I don't get. I, I, I guess it's a, it's a spread offense type thing. I don't get it. If you put Bilal Powell on just either A, running, or B, on a simple screen pass, the dude is just going to take off, run, and be great. He's got the speed for it. And, and I, I, I understand that, that they needed a change of pace back and a pounder, which Crowell is and or can be. 
But Bilal Powell has the ability to be a, a very much a playmaking guy. And I agree with you. If they don't give him enough reps, he won't be in rhythm with whoever the quarterback is to become the playmaker offensively um, that they need. That's the problem. Yeah, I just think that, you know, if you're going to be putting a rookie quarterback on there or you're a mediocre team that's trying to make some noise, that you have to put your best players out there every single snap. And that is the law of Powell as you're running back. And then, you know, they have a decent wide receiving core and their tight end seems to be coming around with that uh, rookie they got out of Clemson. And uh, I just would play him more. That's just me. I, I like him. I like his style. I like the way he puts what you would need to have as a running back in the NFL nowadays is concerned, and he just never gotten that opportunity. And when he did a couple of years ago, when the Jets season was absolutely lost, uh, he was rattling off 120, 150 all-purpose yards and, and scoring touchdowns left and right. And I just think that if I were the Jets, I would make him my starter and let him do what he can to get the ball in his hands, you know, 17 to 20 times a game. Um, we're talking with Danny Fucking here on Teeing It Up. What have you seen out of the Giants so far that has either impressed you, scared you, whatever way you want to take it? The defense, I mean, the Giants didn't play any of their really like big starters on Friday or whatever day it was because they were enjoying practices all week with the Lions and uh, there's no need for them to, to play them. And they looked good. Their second team looked good. They scored 30 points, which is an anomaly for them you know, the last couple of years. I think the biggest thing with them is going to be depth. Can you have those players that can spell the starters every once in a while or step in when necessary to give you what it is they need to do, and that is quality snaps you know, in limited quantities. And they seem to have gotten a little bit of a pass rush this preseason, which is nice, but obviously, again, it is preseason. But I still like that roster. For whatever everybody's saying about them, and how they're not going to, you know, not a lot is expected of them. I, I think that's the right mindset for a team that is coming off of a season that they had, and they can do some damage there. And I understand that they finished in last, and that they have to leapfrog three teams in their division, and the NFC is loaded again this year to make a playoff push. But, you know, anything can happen in the NFL. And if they get on a streak or if they – find their footing, you know, after a couple of tough games here and there and are able to rattle off some wins, you know, they can make some noise or at least be annoying enough that maybe they knock some other teams out of the playoffs. So, uh, as with the Giants, the last 15 years, it's going to come down to Eli Manning and what he can do, and uh, he hasn't really had a lot of visibility at this preseason to the public unless you go to the practices and everything else like that, but he's got a cast this year. He can't you know, you can't deny that with Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Ingram, Barkley. Uh, he has a cast, and he has players that if he gets the ball to, can do a lot of damage. So it's all about him finding that rhythm with them and, you know, adjusting to a new offense. But I think they can they can make some noise this year, and we'll see what happens uh, come September 9th or whatever that first day is of the year. But uh, they have a tough schedule, but... Knock on wood, everybody's been healthy. That needs to be a key contributor so far, so we'll see if that continues for them. Um, any other NFL thoughts uh, jump out at you? Yeah, I watched a little of the Patriots the other day. They looked pretty good offensively and, and defensively. 
Um, they did lose a big piece to their offensive line depth, which kind of sucks for them. And, uh, you know, again, Brady's going to be without Edelman and their wide receivers have a lot of questions. So it's going to be interesting what they look like the first four weeks of the season. But, again, I don't put too much stock into that because the Patriots usually kick it into gear weeks five through 20. So we'll see what happens with them there. And then, uh, it was, you know, it looks like Kirk Cousins had a bit of a tough time this weekend too, but uh, I, I think they'll be fine come the regular season. They were playing the Jaguars, and I don't know how long their first team played, but you would expect a little more from him. And then poor uh, A.J. McCann broke his collarbone, so it's going to be interesting to see Josh Allen start for the Bills and uh, throw 30 interceptions this year. I, I did not see that about um, AJ McCarron. That is a big loss uh, for uh, for Buffalo. That they they had uh, uh, well actually okay. Um, Adam Schefter just tweeted three minutes ago. Tests have revealed that AJ McCarron did not suffer a fracture in his collarbone. Oh wow! All right. Well, we'll see what happens with him. I mean. He seems snake-bitten at the end of the day. I mean, if you're Buffalo, I don't know what they have to prove this year, but you're probably going to see Josh Allen at some point in time, but I don't know if A.J. McCarron or Josh Allen really makes that much of a difference for that team at the end of the day. We shall see. Um, is there anything else I want to talk to you about before we get out of here? Any other baseball thoughts? I mean, we talked heavy baseball last time you were on the show. Any... Uh Additional baseball thoughts? Well, Sale went back on the DL yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. So we'll see what that means for them and what that means for the Yankees. But the Yankees did lose, it looks like, Didi for a couple of weeks, too, yesterday. Yeah. um, I mean, it's still, what, nine and a half games are out? They're not playing tonight, I don't think. But the Red Sox do have a tough series against Cleveland this week, so... Maybe there's some ground to be made up uh, by the Yankees, and we'll see if they can get some sort of rhythm going. They they played well this weekend. I think they swept the what's the Blue Jays they played. Um, so we'll see if they make any sort of noise there. Um, what's interesting too is that um, you know. The Yankees are, are, are banged up, obviously, in certain places, and they're going to have to, you know, when when you need to make a run like like they need to, and the Yankees are still nine and a half games back, um, you need A, help, luck, and B, you know, luck and struggles from, from the other team, and B, you need good health on your end. Um, and the Yankees have been snake-bitten by some injuries, most notably, obviously, Aaron Judge, um, who's not quite ready to go yet. They uh, did sweep Toronto and now face the Marlins tomorrow after a day off today. Um, so, look, there's an opportunity here for the Yankees, obviously, to pick up a, a, a game a week, basically, with Sale on the DL. The question is, do they have enough... Uh, firepower and, and, and consistency to do it on a uh, on a consistent basis. Oh, here's what I wanted to ask you: Do you are are you at all interested in the Little League World Series? And does seeing 12 and 13, 11, 12 and thirteen year olds play uh, baseball get you to sit at your TV and watch? To be honest, no. I don't really understand 
understand the whole Little League World Series thing. It's, I mean, I get it. It's the purest form of competition and, and everything like that. But for me, again, there's too much other content out there that piques my interest way more than watching adolescents playing uh, baseball. Let's, um, let's end it with this. What's the TV show I should be watching, but I'm not because I'm Jeremy? nothing really on right now um that's good i don't think but uh i'm kind of interested to see that new amazon prime show uh jack ryan come out i think it comes at the end of the month so i'll probably be watching that when it comes out there you go his danny flecka he comes on teeing it up periodically and he did today are you at all interested in the northern trust the first playoff event for the pga tour the fedex cup playoffs I am not, no. Are you it, it, it It's coming to Boston next week. It's coming to TPC Boston, Norton, Mass. Well, I won't be here, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> PGA Tours leaving as you're coming back to where it is this week. Um, thank you, sir, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. All right, man. Have a good night. You got it, and thank you all for listening to this episode of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.